almost like the thing where you said um, uh, these guys will get with the trainers and they're just they're yeah, yeah. just calculated moves. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh, you're not playing with a lot it's of. It's like instincts. a sequence of. Yeah. It, it, it's I do these three things. Yeah. And that's it. But it's like if you get him on the first thing, then you got You're good. Yeah. Like there's no need to do it. <laughs> right. The rest. No, not at all. Looks like we are up here. Let me see. I had this one. I had this oh. other. I had this other theory too, where it's like, um, like with just offensive basketball, it's almost kind of the, Ru the Russell Westbrook thing, where like with offensive basketball, like defense start doesn't start until you stop the ball, and if you don't stop the ball, like you you don't need an offense, right? Like you know, it's like I can just drive the thing down your throat, and if if you never react or do anything to stop me, <laughs> we don't need any plays. Yeah, like you know. I remember one time we played, uh, I was coaching at Oviedo at the time, and we played that Lake Cal team with, like, Calathis and Chandler and Joey. Yeah. They put up 50 first-half points, and they ran one play. <laughs> like, one play that was, like, they actually, like, kind of called something and ran a set. A set right. Everything else, they were just pulling the ball out of the basket or pulling the rebound, pushing and playing basketball. Man. And they didn't have to do anything. Like, uh, do you remember Joey Rodriguez at all or no? Yeah, I remember Joey. <laughs> I mean, you know, most of the time it would just kind of start with him. He'd push and he'd you know, get Chandler or or uh, Nick on the wings and, and away you go. And it's just like they, they made the game so simple. It was like <laughs> it was like an accomplishment if you had to – if you defended well enough that they actually had to like stop and be like, oh, hey, let's call a play. <laughs> right. Say so, something again. Hey, what's going on? We're calling plays tonight. Do it. Say it again. Hey, we're calling plays tonight. Okay, now you're out right too. It's time to activate. No time to procrastinate. Time to congratulate. Even if you have to wait. It's time to make it shake. Great ground and we make it quake. It's time to open up. We going up. You know what's up. Time to shake and fool. It's time to embrace the truth. Know how to play the fool. It's time to get paid in fool. Know when to play it cool. Silent making major moves. It's time to bring it in. Let's make a man. These games can end. Mm. Travel all around this world. Going within by myself. Wondering when things come. We just need love, we just need help All I know is all that I am Is all that I am, yeah, yeah Tears in my eyes, in my face in the sky This is my cry to you This that's, that's way beyond This that's, that we beyond Breaking on, it's time to activate It's time to activate Breathe this that sh that's way beyond. This that sh that we beyond breaking on. It's time to activate. It's time to activate. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Okay, I switched up and changed lanes. Tweak my mind frame. Maintain became strange. Made my brain flame. Take pain and make rain. Macro, micro, fruit grow through loopholes. Break the cycle. Tick tock that wrist watch talks of nothing. Everything. One thing, moonlight and sunbeam, hold up, we go nuts, set the function, under construction, so much consumption, corruption, seduction, confusion, delusion, a brand
endure. He just want more. Is that what we're here for? Corruption, seduction, confusions, illusions of grandeur. He just want more. This that sh- that's way beyond. This that sh- that we beyond breaking on. It's time to activate. It's time to activate. Breathe, breathe, breathe. This that sh- that's way beyond. This that sh- that we beyond breaking on. It's time to activate. It's time to activate. Breathe, breathe, just breathe. back welcome back on the bench with bubba and pink <coughs> home of sports music and mayhem don't forget we on all and i do mean all <laughs> podcast streaming platforms including here on youtube please like share subscribe all of that good stuff uh, as you can see here we got a, a full show for you guys today uh you know we have john morant the gangster uh we have the <laughs> <laughs> nfl draft coming up and uh just uh, just some crazy stuff coming out about that as you can see in the picture yeah jalen carter uh, you know, he he's uh, a warrant went out for his arrest. He's definitely a top five pick in the upcoming NFL draft. Little Wayne has uh, uh, he dropped a really dope song, and then uh, he's, you know he's feeling himself now. Um, and uh, we have a lot more for you guys as well, along with a um, a tough dating story that we'll get to. Pink hasn't even heard it yet. No, I'm excited. So that'll be the first time he's uh, he's going to hear that video. And then we'll unpack that. I have a live reaction. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so once again, you guys are on the bench. I went to, I wanted to give a quick shout out to, uh, David Jolly. So Jolly, uh, headlined a comedy show at the Orlando Improv. Uh, I'm not sure if it was his first time, but that was my first time seeing him headline a show at the Orlando Improv. And, uh, Jolly is a guy who's, um, his, one of his favorite lines is he, he said he waited till he turned whatever, got into his thirties to want to be a professional comedian. And um, just to see his growth, man, Jolly is a monster, man. The way he he was just masterful that night, and he put the entire show together. Uh, the the entire card of of those comedians, they were great. And of course, Jolly came up last. And uh, I just just the way he sets up everything. For example, just to give you uh, like three different examples here. Number one is I like how Jolly. Uh, so a lot of comedians, damn near all of them, they do the same jokes at all these different clubs leading into the big show, right? Because they're working on their material. They're working their material. Um, and the best ones, the greatest ones, they know how to add different stuff to the same joke. So just in case, you know, I don't know if that's the reason for it, but just in case some people, you know, uh, may have seen the last show, they come, there's going to be different wrinkles. And Jolly's just a master at that, putting in new wrinkles. Because I've seen, I've heard every last single joke that he told, I've heard before, but he added new wrinkles to every last single one of them. That's number one. That's something he talked about in his last he appearance did, here. He did, he Like, he, he that, that's a conscious thing that he was aware of and, yeah. and has done. You know, and I would just say, I mean, just... Personally, he's been on the show twice, mm-hmm. and to me, just his growth as a person between those two appearances was dramatic. Yeah, 
and it's good to see that you know that he's pushing that you know in the in the live shows itself no exactly exactly another thing that i like that jolly does is um the the the, the crowd right because but when you're when you're up there if you can only imagine you have in your mind in your head the jokes that you're telling and what you will see a lot of comedians do if a audience member like interjects you don't see that it flusters them, but it flushes the comedian to a point where now they have to attack the crowd. And that's the that's the rest of the show. The comedian going at the crowd, making jokes about them, and then everybody laughs, right? But really what happens, what happened was that the audience members that kept interrupting and doing this and that, that it really knocked the comedian off their game and they just forgot the rest of their jokes and it, it disrupted their flow. Jolly is a master at at allowing the audience to interrupt and do different things, and being able to get back to his joke, but still, like it was one guy, he, he is whatever had a recent death in the family, his cousin or something. He had a shirt, and he was just screaming out random stuff in the middle of Jolly's. The set. audience member. Yeah. Okay. And so Jolly just stopped the show, and he was like, "Hey, stand up, man." He was like, "Yeah, man. You know, I know this guy too. He's a great guy, wonderful guy. Show everybody your shirt, man." Da 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 da. Like in the middle of the, of the of his set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he gets right back to his joke, and he does that like on a consistent basis, no matter what it is. Okay. The third and last thing I like about what Jolly does is he 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 told us about this, which is tagging the joke. So, like I said, he's adding new wrinkles to all of his new jokes. I'm sorry, to all of his old jokes, he's adding new wrinkles, but. He goes, he, 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 he has this incredible pace to where he can, he can go off of what the audience is giving him. So, for example, he tells this Wendy Williams joke. Now, sometimes in some crowds, and I've heard him tell this joke 20 times, some crowds, they don't give him anything, any energy off the Wendy Williams joke. So he just quickly moves on to the next joke. Yeah. But... If the crowd is like laughing and, and, and having a great time, whatever, he continuously goes on about the Wendy Williams thing. And it's just, it's, it, it, I don't know, it's just so impressive to me because I know if you're trying to memorize something, <laughs> you're just trying to get. Well, memorization is the death of anything. Yeah, it really is. You know, I I I didn't I haven't done stand up comedy, but like I, I've I've tried cases, mm -hmm. and I, I tried a case with a with a coworker, and their idea was like, okay, I'm gonna write down word for word every question I'm gonna ask a witness, and I'm gonna write down word for word what I want them to say. You don't have any control over that. You just don't. You don't, and you're you're almost foolish to think you will. And what you have to have is the fluidity to kind of you know just roll with that. You have a an outline, a concept of what your jokes are, what your questions are. But if you find something else that's a hit, you got to be able to recognize it in the moment and ride it out. Or if you you start to go down a path that's not giving you any any joy, you got to be able to get out of that and get to something else quickly. And so the adaptability of it, but I mean, the one thing, and I, I would say this, like the last time Jolly was in here, I feel like I learned more about comedy than any like other hour of my life, mm -hmm. because like you, the way he approaches it, it is very um, well thought out. I mean, there's a plan, there's an understanding of, of adapting jokes to audience, adapting jokes to the reactions you get, the, the, the concept of the tagging. Even when he broke down your joke and he kind of was like, you cut all the damn fat out of that and get to this. And then when you thought about it, you're like, yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. You know, and it just, and that's like, I really appreciate that because, you know, so much of what I enjoy is when people are really exceptional at stuff. And yeah. I love sports. 
you know, I, I like music and I like stuff like that. But like, the more you you're around Jolly, you see that he really does have a talent for this. But he's working at the talent. Yeah, he's working at. He's the not just satisfied being a guy that you know makes people laugh here and there. He's putting in that. Well, why are they laughing? Yeah. And how can I how can I get that to consistently happen? So, nah. credit to him, man. That's credit really to him. Shout out to him uh, for sure, man. Once again, you guys are on the bench on the bench podcast with Bubba and Pink. We wanna uh, we're gonna open the show with uh, Jalen Carter uh, for you guys that don't know. So Jalen is a, um, a projected to be a top five NFL draft pick. Top three if these uh, teams don't go quarterback crazy, uh, which a lot of times they do. In some senses, he's regarded as the best player. The best overall player in the draft. And he's a local guy. He's from Apopka. He's from Apopka. Shout out to APK. So what I'm going to do, we're going to play a quick, just a quick news clipping to catch you guys up and then we'll react and, and, and tell you what you guys think about it and breaking news out of georgia now one of the top prospects in next month's nfl draft is making plans to turn himself in on an arrest warrant linked to a teammate's death investigators say university of georgia star jalen carter was driving was racing devin wilcock hitting speeds of more than 100 miles per hour swerving in and out of traffic when wilcock crashed Football staff member Chandler LaCroix also died in the crash. Carter is a defensive lineman who had been a potential target for the Chicago Bears. Right. So, as you guys can see uh, here, the um, the it, it led to two to two deaths. Right. This 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 race, and this is uh, like Pink was saying pre-show. This is coming down to quite a few incidents from different college collegiate players. Just been a crazy couple of months. Uh, you have the Alabama uh, Alabama uh, basketball star who um, was you know was in trouble for uh, getting and giving someone a gun uh, because it's you know that turned out the story to be that a, a girl turned him down and i guess they got into a physical yeah so i mean yeah he was an alabama player and he yeah. he, he shoots somebody and but there's a, their star player who's a potential lottery pick yeah. is involved in He's some involved way in. not not charged with anything right um the other one you had if we go back to football season you had the uh the killing of the Virginia players. Yes. You know, yes, that the, was another the, the just horrific yeah, situation shooter. with the former player mm -hmm. uh, shooting and killing. I, I, was it three people died yeah, total and, yeah. and others were wounded? People, others were injured. And now you've got this situation involving your Georgia. Now, this, this whole event went down a few hours after the Bulldogs were celebrating their championship in the stadium with, with you know, fans and everything like that. Um, and... The original story, I mean, how this evolves is interesting. The original story, it was a one-car accident killing two people. Um, again, this was a month and a half ago, really, almost two months. And uh, more recently, it's come out that, that you know, uh, Jalen was driving a car, too, may have been racing. And, and the, my understanding of what kind of got him is... He's presented a couple of inconsistent stories right. as to what he was doing at that time. And on top of that, there is some footage, apparently from street cameras. I don't know that it captures the crash, but it does capture the you know, cars, multiple cars moving rapidly, including a vehicle associated with him, which I believe is a Jeep. And so, you know, this is tragic. It's, it's you know, very terrible with the loss of life and, and just... Really bad decision making. It's, that's that's what it is. It was a, just a terrible, god awful decision, and um, but my but I think it's 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 a way it's going to weigh more on his conscience. That's that's the penalty. That's the penalty here, because you know you, it, I don't. It's not enough for for him to. I I don't think for him to you know go to jail for. 
um, and to, but you know, it's I, I, is it is, well, is it slippery slope? Here, I don't here's know. the problem with this, like in the way they report the story. Um, now I read a little further into this. The charges he's charged with are misdemeanors, which by definition is this is a crime that if you're convicted of, your sentence maximum would be less than one year in jail. That stupid chick on the news didn't mention that at all. No. You know, you listen to that, you hear death, you hear racing, uh, reckless driving, and, you know, the first thing most people, oh, man, you know, 10 years in jail, what are we doing? And I think it's irresponsible reporting. Yeah. It's it's really horseshit. You know, state the charge. State the fact that it's a misdemeanor. Um, I don't, your charges can be changed. They can be elevated if additional information comes to light. But report the fucking truth. Yeah. This stuff is super annoying when, when you're just trying to grab headlines and not putting everything in context. And again, if if what is true, you know, to me... He that's really bad decision making. You're you're a party to a, to a tragedy in that sense, uh, but the law is what the law is, and and if it's a misdemeanor and that's the best charge they got, say that, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah we'll I guess you know of course is just like everything else we'll know more as time goes on, but it's just terrible decision making no matter what. And uh, I, I'm, He's sure, literally, I'm sure he'll learn literally from at the combine. Yeah, in Indianapolis yeah. when the charges are made. And so, you know, now he's got to turn himself in and, and see that. And, and again, who knows what this means uh, in, in the draft context? Because you know, the, the, here's what you got to realize. Now. Okay, you know, there's a part of this where you can say, hey, we have a loss of life, and that's more important than football. It's more important than the draft and all this other stuff. But the draft's going to go on. And if Jalen – his status changes and he slips from a top three or top five pick to something further down, even if it's 10 or maybe it's the third round. There, there's a reality in football that, that, that that's dominoes, that other guys are going to move up and go places they weren't anticipated to go. And there's a ripple effect to these things that if you are interested in football has a very real consequence. Yeah, yeah. You know, outside of the, the, the criminal sphere, which speaks for itself. Yeah, no, it does. And another interesting thing is a, a lot of this is being done by the top guys in these sports. Yeah, college basketball, college football. Like, these are top guys. These are top five guys. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, this is a top five pick. The the Alabama player is a guy that that is a lottery pick. Yeah. I mean, he a hasn't been charged pick. with anything, but he's catching a lot of heat on road games. Yeah, and there's sort of this growing. You know, kind of grassroots thing that, that, like, why is this guy getting a free pass through all this? Um, you know, and, and and from what I understand, the facts, I'm not completely comfortable that he's getting a free pass. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not a Second Amendment guy, and you know, I I think guns are stupid, but that that influences that. And then you know, the other guy we got is John Morant, <laughs> a, aspiring gangster. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely get to him. Yeah. The, the the title loop on on college football. I I wanted to get into this. Um, so this is a CBS mock draft. I also saw something. It was something on Bleacher Report today where a guy, like several months ago, uh, quite a few months ago, he put in a bet for Anthony Richardson to be the number one overall pick, and it was like crazy odds. Now his odds are like he has the second best odds to be number one. So you got like his bet is looking like really good, and it yeah, it was like a thousand dollars to win like whatever. It was like five hundred thousand or something. It was something crazy. That is funny. Um, and now you got CBS uh, mock drive with Anthony Richardson going number one. Here goes the thing. I'm a Florida Gator guy, 
and but when I when I see stuff like this, this is what makes normal guys like me believe we can be general managers in NFL and NBA. This is why. <laughs> and this is why people get fired. This is why like this is why I look at Elton Brand and I, I and I just I want to fight him. I just <laughs> I want to just literally have a fist fight with, with Elton a Brand, six foot eight human being and I'm dead ass serious and these are the, these are the reasons why it's like I, I I know he has the tools there's no reason why the Colts should want to draft Anthony, Anthony Richardson number one overall you know because number like they cannot get they've they've gotten so many quarterbacks wrong these last few years um well they've kind of they've been on, on the a veteran treadmill yeah yeah they have I mean they've kind of g- g- recycled all these veteran guys they have. They try with Matt Ryan, uh, Philip Rivers, yeah. Wentz. I mean, that, that they've you know, in a way, drafting a QB number one. Yes, drafting a gets, QB. A, gets away from the the nonsense they've been doing. But not a project. You're hiring these. But, well, but I'm saying if you're the Colts, you've basically gone downhill with with these broken veterans. So it's almost refreshing to say, well, let's get a new guy and see what we can do with no, him. No, that's fine. That's refreshing. Yeah. But it's just not the right thing. I do. do not like this quarterback class. Yeah. I don't like I mean, You go down the line. I think Bryce Young is too small um, and too frail. Not not height. I just think he's like a smallish guy, and I don't think he'll hold up well over time. I do not think Will Levis is the real deal. And I'm not a C.J. Stroud guy because a lot of these Ohio State quarterbacks have been straight ass in the league. And I'm just not sold that he's that guy. He's throwing to a bevy of NFL receivers in an offense that's been productive for over a decade. Like, I'm not wowed by his stats. I'm not wowed by his character or anything else. Um, And then Richardson, he's an enigma. I mean, I honestly don't know what to think of him. He has amazing physical tools. Yeah. And in stretches, he looks the part of a great player. And then in other stretches, he just doesn't look like he understands how to play. The problem is he's two years away from being two years away. That's <laughs> that's the thing about Anthony Where, Richardson. Where's Bruno Caboclo when we get him? <laughs> he's two years away from being two years away. I I, I think he has all of the, the tools and the skills and things like that, but he needs more time. I, I, I think that uh, our last coach kind of screwed him with that. He, he, you know, he, a one more year of college football would have really benefited him, and he could have technically had that. But you know, they decided to play another guy um, who won't be an NFL player, and um, and that's the thing, right? So, like for example, the only team I think really in the first twenty, fifteen, twenty picks that should even touch Anthony Richards is actually Seattle. Seattle's in an interesting position because number one, they have two first round picks. Um, so they can come, or, or, you know, get a, a a player that's ready to play right away with that next with the second first round pick. But what you know, with the Geno situation, you can because Geno is up, you know, his uh, contract is up, right? So you can franchise Geno this year because you want to see, like, you want Geno to have another prove it year. You don't want to extend him long term. Yeah, you don't want to pay him on a long term deal no. based on one year of productivity. So you now you could bring Anthony in for a year or two because you're able to franchise tag uh, Geno twice. If you wanted to, right? So you can you can draft Anthony, let him sit for you. You have Pete Carroll there. You have a good, uh, a, a, you know, a staff that has a track record with quarterbacks. Um, but so you, do they? I mean, yeah. I don't agree. Well, Russell Russell hasn't been good anywhere else, but under Pete. Well, it's one year that he was there, but but I mean, I think like what what you've you know what the the narrative around them Gino. is that they have 
basically kind of, I mean, Russell's a super talented guy, yeah. but they basically had to play with what he can do. And they kind of had some shackle. They didn't let him cook, you know, so but to he speak. can't cook. But, <laughs> but I'm saying it's like, you know, I don't see that there was like necessarily great development in him. No, I think they got the absolute most out of him that was there was there to get. They squeezed every last single juice. And I think yeah, but the that's same different than development. There's two, here's there's two things, and and I want to say this. Okay. And and it kind of goes a little bit of what I think with coaching. There there there's a part of coaching where you maximize what you have. You figure out how to play with the team you have in the most effective way. You could argue Seattle probably did that. There's a then there's player development, which is a different category, and that's where you're engaged and involved in players actually getting better individually, and and like evolving over a career. And I don't know that we can necessarily say that with Seattle yeah. w- without question. We we, um, we 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 don't know, and it could be a mixture of both. But yes. we do know that these two quarterbacks have been successful in that system, Geno yeah. and Russ. Yeah, that's what we know. But I don't know how much is that just development or versus them just doing what that quarterback can do and just center in the office around that. Now, I I mean, my the more I think about this, um, if you're inclined to take a quarterback, I would take Richardson first, and I would do it without hesitation. Wow. And to me, the the parallel because the the holes on the other guys are bigger. No. And, and yeah, for me, <laughs> I don't like any of them. Yeah, but the only thing you can say about Bryce is his size. Like, That's like, huge. It's, it's huge, but we when you're drafting a quarterback, you're drafting a guy for a decade. Yes, but you're not drafting a running back for three years. What small quarterbacks have been that unsuccessful? How, what, like, what, what, what are we looking at here? You, you know what I mean? How many of those guys have really been that unsuccessful? I think, I think a bigger issue is in the past we just haven't given those guys enough chances and enough opportunities because of this six-five. Whatever you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I'm not a big Cardinals. Uh, I'm not a big fan of his. Um, uh, what's his name? Um, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. I'm not a. I'm not a big Kyler Murray guy. But I mean, he did just. Uh, they like him enough, you know, for him to get a, a whatever a huge contract. But the, the, when we're talking about Bryce Young, though, like like he's frail yeah, yeah, compared it, to those guys. That's what scares me most. It scares you. But what about his his skills and his production? I haven't been blown away. He's been very productive, yeah. but again, you're throwing the high level guys on on an offense that that generates numbers, and, and I, I so I'm not blown away by the numbers. I, I don't necessarily. I'm not blown away by the mobility. I'm not blown away by the skill. I'm not blown away by him. I'm not saying he's going to be trash, no, 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 no. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. he's not a guy that I'm super comfortable taking. Now, when I look at Anthony Richardson, for better or worse, I'm looking at Josh Allen, and that. Again, you had that uh, he was in a quarterback class where there was a number of guys in the top several spots, and at the end of the day, the most physically gifted guy was the best pick, and that's what I think in this situation. That's what I'd go on. If I if I don't like any quarterbacks in the draft, I just don't take a quarterback. I agree with you, and I'd probably do that. But but the what the premise I said is, if I was drafting a quarterback, yeah. I would take Anthony Richardson first no, among the players that we're looking at, and I would take it almost on the notion of Josh Allen. Yeah. This is the most physically gifted guy. It's not close, and uh, I'm just going to roll with that. And don't get me wrong. Of course, I love Anthony. Of course, 
I, you know, he's my favorite quarterback. On I would draft him over any other quarterback on this list so as we well. We agree, but <laughs> because but my thing is I wouldn't draft the quarterback at all. Like that's my thing. Yeah, but, but well, it's still it's in the still first, a in the value. First round. Like, yeah, I don't, I definitely don't like the any of these guys in the top five or six. Yeah. But like again, if I'm sitting there at 15 and a quarterback hasn't come off the yeah. board, that's a different pick. That's a different pick, a different yeah. story. That's, and that's you did highlight the the one uh, the team that has the two first round picks. Yeah. yeah. So you're you're hedging your bets. You you know you you probably take the quarterback early just yes. because yes. you know, you don't know what other teams are going to do, but you know. You know, with a with a good second pick, you you know you're you're gonna get a player. Yeah, and that that would be my plan there. But yeah. uh, I just highly doubt he falls to number nine. They would have to trade up some kind of way. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Well, and here's another thing where again, like if if this plays out, where Jalen Carter is no longer regarded as a top fifteen guy, top ten guy, if he's regarded as a yeah, second round that guy, could change things. that changes all this dynamic, and suddenly these quarterbacks might look even better than than the fact that they they got four of these guys in the first eight picks. Yeah, you know, it, it, it that could change. That's where that ripple effect comes. No, it does. It does. If you're if you're uh, Chicago, are you are you holding on? And that's another thing too. Uh, I, I, I'm not I'm not I'm not a huge fan of his either. Why well, I can't think of any guy's name? Justin today. Fields. Justin Fields. But like Anthony could do what Justin Fields did. <laughs> I mean, they just, they really yeah. just rolled them right, rolled them left, and let them run all over the place. That was yeah. the new offense there. And, um, you know, we'll see if defensive coordinators can catch up to that. But if you're Chicago, did you see enough from Justin to to to, to keep him and not trade that pick? Oh, I mean, uh, you know what I mean? And trade that pick or whatever? Um, here they have them trading down. Yeah, for people. yeah. Trades are tough in, in this sense. It's like if I know, you know, that I'm going to trade out of number one because that team's taking a quarterback – which I don't have an interest in because I want to roll with Justin Fields, it's probably worth doing. Mm-hmm. I would do it if you can, um, you know. But you know, if you're trading out of one, you know, hoping that you're going to get Willie Anderson or Jalen Carter or whatever, and then that guy goes, you, you you've kind of screwed yourself. And then the other part of it is, what are they offering me to move? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, what uh, something else that really helps my team. Or draft pick compensation? What what is the deal? I mean, there's everybody has a price, and I think if you're the Bears, you know, the the feeling is you're probably not going to draft a quarterback. I think it would be a little bit of a disaster to do that without. I mean, it, this is different. If if Trevor Lawrence is at the top of this, you're taking him. <laughs> if if you know the Peyton Manning's at the top, yeah, of it, you're yeah, taking him. Yeah. But none of these guys resonate that strongly with me, so I wouldn't you know necessarily take one and then keep Fields. I would look and see. It'd be foolish not to listen to offers and see what's going on. I don't know the Bears well enough to know like what do they really need. Yeah. You know, I mean, it seems like they might need a dynamic receiver. They need a little bit of everything. You know, but I think they do need probably more, a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. You know. So trading down is, is the answer. Could be yeah. the move, yeah. Yeah. Once again, you guys are on the bench, on the bench podcast with Bubba and Pink. We have a couple of different ways we can go here. We can go basketball or we can go the the the, the crazy dating, uh, the guy who's having issues here with his problem. Uh, or we can go to Coach Pink. Let's go to Coach Pink and then come back to the dating. Okay. All righty. Let's do that then. Uh, all right. Start a bench with Coach Pink, uh, where we talk about all the trending topics. We give Pink a minute to talk about all the trending topics in sports, music, and entertainment here. Uh, 
Today I have an excuse why my clock is not ready. Oh, what this is, is your a excuse? This is a last minute, last minute decision here whether we're gonna go. Oh, okay. Okay. So <laughs> three uh, Let's go here. Let's go. Uh, uh, James Harden started bench. Got to start him. He's playing well. He has been playing well, and there is a strong notion that Harden is uh, serious about returning to Houston to play for the Rockets next season, uh, as he will be a free agent. What does that say about Harden? Does that say anything? What, what, knowing that Houston, um, you know, they, they, they're not going to be good for the next few, maybe the next decade or so. Yeah, I, I, I'm baffled by this. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it. Like, there's literally nothing good coming out of Houston. They have a couple younger guys that have some physical talent, but they're going absolutely nowhere. Several people have gone on record talking about how crappy the culture is, and the culture is going to impair the development of the talented younger people that they have. So why would James Harden want to go back to that? Like, you know, we looked at him in this offseason and said, you know, he, he rearranged his deal, and, and you know, then he even had the the shade remarks about the Brooklyn situation a few weeks ago, and that unraveled. That like, hey, maybe it's not me. <laughs> He's conducted himself this season as a guy that genuinely wants to win and and get back to playing basketball at a high level. And for the most part, he has in a slightly different way than he did in Houston. So for him to just go back to Houston, just literally seems absurd to me. It does. Time. I, I can't fathom that. All right, I'll come back to that at the end. Uh, uh, let's go, Paul George. Start a bench. Oh, I hate him, man. <laughs> you want to uh, bench it? Yeah, let's bench him. All right. If you want right. to address him on the rebound, you can. All right. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, start a bench. He's weird. I guess we'll start him. <laughs> and he's continuing to be weird. So Aaron Rodgers is out of his darkness retreat, as he named it. Um, yeah. That's another weird thing. But uh, he says that um, – his decision on um, is very serious and very real to him, so that's why he's taking his time. If you don't like it, you don't like it, but it's his life and it's important to him. And um, where he plans to go next is pretty much where he's planning on ending his career. That sounds like he wants to play again. The la- that last little blurb. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's been, I think, for the last three to four seasons. He's, I, I think, actually corresponds with the drafting of Jordan Love. I literally think when that happened, he reached zero fucks given. Mm. And he just hasn't cared one bit. Like, the way he handled, like, the COVID restrictions and how you got caught up in some lies about that, he's just, like, literally indifferent to it. Um, the way he's handled, you know, criticism of the, you know, receiving core and front office and everything, he literally just does not give a fuck. <laughs> and he's going to go out and, you know, do what he wants to do. He's, he's I guess he's kind of earned that with the, the, the career he's had. But, um... He's not a guy that I would – I mean, I, I put him in a classification with, like, Kyrie. I, I don't think he goes to any team in the league and you feel like they're going to win. Right. I think, you know, he again, he's had some poor playoff performances of late. Um, he's he's an odd guy. I think he's also a guy that, that's – Yeah. <laughs> oh, he is. All right. Uh, let's go COVID-19. Start a bench. Oh, God, bench it. <laughs> All right. Uh, John Morant, start a bench. Got to start him. So Ja is uh he's, he's he's been on the fire this season and uh not all on the court. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh so at, of course a couple of months ago he had the situation where after the game uh there was said to be um uh, uh a laser beam like coming off of a gun 
uh, pointed at the direction of the uh, the other team's bus in the car that he was in, or the uh, friends of of his. Um, and then now there he's been accused of punching a teenager uh, after a basketball game and threatening that threatening that teenager with a gun, uh, saying that he'll shoot him. Yeah, I to me, I just I feel that this is like of all the instances involving people like athletes here. In a lot of ways, this is the worst because the, the, you know he he's a tremendous talent. He he's an extremely likable player, and there's just no reason for this. Like, why is he putting himself in these positions at all? And like, literally, we've said recently, it's like this generation of stars, even like across the sports, have done an incredible job of not screwing themselves whether it's i mean you you go back to like the 80s and 90s how many careers were damaged with like cocaine just that's it you know and, and like this group i mean like for the most part across the board top level guys are, are serious about their bodies they're serious about their habits they're serious about who's around them and they've done a great job and you have this you know bright rising star now caught up in a just a couple stupid instances it's what is this all about you know there, there's a point to be bigger than this and and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago like this is not like a a, a a an isolated dude like you know his dad is like omnipresent he's there like he's you know he doesn't the dad has like a house like across the street is the mom i don't know the my she i haven't like, heard of seen him yeah i mean i don't know if the dad's divorced from the mom or whatever but like you know it just seems like just ridiculous like honestly get yourself together don't put yourself in these positions Get you 30 extra seconds there i appreciate Thought it Thought was interesting yeah. all right uh charlamagne the god start a bench <laughs> this is what I think it is. We gotta start it. All right. Well, hold on. let's play a quick video <laughs> clip first. What's your, your bet, bet on Kanye getting back, back with these? You think that's something? Like again, son. Again. If Kanye gets back with Adidas, you suck some. Not happening, yo. Neither one of those things are happening. <laughs> I'm confident with that bet. Really? You know what your problem is? Yeah. You believe in Kanye West too? Yeah, yeah, that's I, your yeah, problem. I'm telling you, I can't wait when he's back and you're gonna be wrong and you're gonna have to suck some. Why would a company that's making twenty billion dollars in revenue risk bringing in one guy that's gonna ostracize so many people away from your brand? Why would you do that? What if, what if uh, football, soccer, fight for them? Say, you know what? Y'all in business don't want nothing to do with y'all. Whatever the. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so of course uh the, it has been reported that kanye and adidas are uh joining a deal to come back and basically what happened was uh charlemagne asked why does a company that's worth 20 billion it's going to come back to a guy blah 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 but basically what happens is is adidas had one billion dollars worth of of um of kanye west's uh you know whatever shoes and and, and other things and uh they could not find a way to sell it and they need <laughs> they need Kanye or they're just pretty much going to lose out on a billion dollars and uh billionaires whether they're worth 20 or 30 billion or 50 they're not into losing money uh at all so uh, uh go ahead my biggest takeaway is I think Charlemagne low-key wants to suck some dick <laughs> I, I said this in response to the post like you don't put that out there there's a million things you could have said <laughs> You know, uh, whatever. But you went right there. Like, that's that's what you want to do. You know, I mean, I just very revealing on a psychological level. Um, so that's my primary take on it. But I also say, like, the, the, the lesson of the, of the Kanye thing is, is, like, some things are, like, too big to fail. And 
I think we see that in some brand relationships. And like, if you look at it, okay, you know, there was a flashback of, uh, of what he was saying and what he was doing, but you are literally stuck with an investment in this guy and you have a billion dollars of now dead inventory and a lot of the cachet of adidas as a brand was was driven by kanye i mean much like the you know, the jordan brand is you know pulls nike in a lot of ways and like you to just on a drop of a hat say oh we're severing the relationship like dude there's probably hundreds of people if not thousand people like directly employed in in, in the yeezy brand of adidas like you're going to, you know, not only do you have dead inventory, now you possibly have a couple hundred to a thousand employees that now have to be like repurposed to other positions or let go. You know, it's just when you look at it, it's like nature. There's like there's not wins or losses in nature. There's consequences. And I think when you're talking about like upper tier global business, it's the same way. Yeah. You know, there's just consequences to this. You're going to take hits. You're going to do things, you know, I mean, and, and survive. But the other thing I just want to add to this thing, Go ahead. when when you have the Kanye thing and you actually jumped in and had an impassioned speech for what is happening, you have to realize we are in a divided society. Mm -hmm. And whenever there's somebody who, you know, who offends, there is going to be people that gravitate toward the, the defense of the offender. Right. It's just the way that was. I mean, like, like we saw it with Colin Kaepernick. We see it with so many other people that you get, you know, you get out there, you make some statement that people reject, but it's never that simple because your attacking of that person emboldens a, a counter movement to support that person. No, and I there's agree. money to be found there. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. All right. Well, that was good. That was fun. What I will say is. Um, Back to the James Harden thing, I, I it, it, there's it's a couple of ways, I, different ways I look at it, but I, I think ultimately the main thing I look at it is if it fails in Philly, which of course <laughs> has an opportunity, a chance of that happening, he's I think he can look at it as he will look at it as okay, I gave it a shot, I gave it a shot to really go out, try to win a ring, I did everything that I could do, I gave up money. Uh, to get you know better players, I, I you know I changed my game to be a pure point guard. Um, I was there, I was available. I you know I didn't get hurt or sit out much. No low managing. I just want to finish my career having some fun. And apparently, I don't know. Maybe Houston strip clubs. I maybe that I need to go to one because you were in Houston. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you I, didn't yeah, go to the right spots. I, I didn't guess. go to the right spots. I guess because he is he is enamored. He's like he just loves Houston. <laughs> Uh, and I guess visiting there and off nights and off season is not enough for him. He needs to be there on a nightly basis. <laughs> and um, and, I, and if that's if that's if, you know if that's what floats your boat, that's what does it. And I wouldn't be. And as a 76ers fan, I would. I'm I'm I don't know. I'm indifferent. I'm not mad at that. That's his decision. He does it. I I, I appreciate what he did for us this season. Taking the less money. We've never had anybody do that. Matter of fact, all we have people do is make more money than they should. But then for the 76 or so, uh, I appreciate what he did that. And, and it'll just be on Tyrese Maxey to really take his game even to the next level the next year to replace Harden. But yeah, so we'll see how that goes. I mean, I you know, the other thing you got it, the other thing you got it, they got a pretty good chance to get Victor or Scoot. Houston? Yeah. And yeah. so you're not necessarily just going back to Houston. Yeah, the nothing. Co the cover won't be bare, bare, but maybe, and, and, but who knows if they do or not. Yeah, and I don't think he'll hinge it on if they get schooled. Or no, no, I don't think. But but <laughs> yeah. I do think, he, like to a degree, he'll look at it and say, "Hey, I can go back there." This yeah, draft I, class is not bad. 
Yeah. Like, it's about five deep of, like, yeah. uh, impact And, and I mean, the thing, and we, we kind of criticize, you know, the, the environment there. If they fire the coach, they get somebody in there that can kind of galvanize the group and develop them a little bit. There is some raw talent there. I mean, Jalen Green, uh, Jabari Smith, these are guys taken to the top three spots of the draft. Um, and they're they're young. They should be getting better every year. And like you said, it's a deep draft. They're really terrible, so they're probably going to be no worse than like the fifth pick. No, right, and right. And they right. could get at the very least one of the twins. And they'll and, and and they'll let Harden come in and have total influence on the new coach. Yeah, exactly. New, yeah. Whatever. So yeah. maybe a D'Antoni reunion is coming. <laughs> you know, not that guy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's that. Other than that, I think you. Uh, I just wanted to add my comment on that. But everything else, of course, was was right on the Paul George thing. He was on the JJ Reddit podcast, and he was just saying how ultimately he had to realize that um, he's a number two. He's not a number one. Okay. I thought that was very self reflective. No, that's um, good. He that's said, solid. you know, in Indiana, he 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 really tried, and he wanted to be the man. He wanted to take the last shot all the time. He wanted to be the best player. But uh, you know, after LeBron was bashing his head in every year, he, he decided to go in. And he said, uh, playing with Russ and playing with Kawhi has really been the best version of himself in his career. Uh, as far as COVID nineteen, that was just saying that uh, people who think they're attractive um, uh, wear a mask less than everyone else. That's what it's. it's, it's Oh, for sure. Statistics show. By that standard, I'm a model. (laughs) Oh, you know, (laughs) at the height of COVID nineteen, were you wearing masks? Only like only when when I absolutely had to. Absolutely, we had a policy in the office that you had to wear them in certain situations, and so you do that. And you know, I've I've had to go visit like clients at hospitals, and it's it's required. You know, it was required at the time, so you you do that. I think the whole mask thing was absolutely absurd. (laughs) Absolutely absurd. (laughs) uncomfortable wearing the mask i can't tell you how many times during covid though like you i walked right by somebody i knew yeah and like didn't recognize them because they're wearing a mask all right like th- th- it's just horrible man yeah. just just absolutely horrific that was a dark i time. will never forgive society for that those are dark times man yeah nah for real very dark times <laughs> once again you guys are on the bench on the bench podcast above in pink please like share subscribe all of that good stuff we're on all podcast streaming platforms uh really quick here before we get to the uh the weird and uh, dating story not dating story but whatever you want well, you're do. teasing this along i'm really intrigued yeah uh jimmy says i wants to go i want to go back to wearing a mask again <laughs> by all means <laughs> go ahead <laughs> Just don't pull us into it. Yeah. Uh, Carver says he can't lie. Anthony Richards, Anthony Richardson is intriguing as an NFL prospect. Um, but you know what I'll say about the mask too? Like, like now when you still see people wearing masks, I was walking at Crane's Juice on my way over here, and there was like a couple wearing masks. I think less of them as people. I, I think, I, I, yeah, I think they're like Looney Tunes. Yeah, I think you're you're fucking insane at this point. They're Looney yeah. Tunes. Oh, absolutely. If, I, 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 if they're really old, it's a pass. But. You know, and I'm talking. If you're 70, really 80s. old, you only have so much time anyway. <laughs> Why bother with a mask? Oh, Just That's let it run its course, man. <laughs> like Jesus Christ. And then the last comment I read here, really quick, is Kobe saying, "Much respect to Paul George. Not a lot of men can tell themselves the truth." <laughs> Damian Lillard. <laughs> there are a lot of uh, all stars. 
um, there are not a lot of superstars. I say that all the time. That's uh, true. Somebody, great somebody point. posted. I think you commented on it too with uh, with with Clay Thompson. Yeah, and, yeah. and Clay Thompson is an all star. He's not a superstar. Shout out to Edis Marquis. You know? Yeah, yeah. He's all star, not a superstar. That's a big thing. People just throw out that superstar. Thing. That's that's. I mean, they just throw it out there. I'm like, it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's only a couple, man. Yeah. All right. Did you hear uh, Shaq though on? Anthony Edwards last night. He had a he had a bunch of takes on different players over I, the last I, well, week. Well, he was kind of really talking about like the the longevity of performing at a high level. You know, kind of gets the respect as a superstar. Yeah. And that when you look at a guy second third year and he's starting to make moves, you know, it's okay to say he's really good, but like you know, kind of hold the show on that superstar thing until you accomplish a bit more. Yeah. Because if you look at like you take a guy like Anthony Edwards, and, and I'm a huge fan. He's in an actual movie. Yeah. I saw him. Dude. I saw him. And, I he, love that and guy. he was good. He was yeah. acting good. Yeah. He's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm a huge fan. But like if Anthony Edwards kind of like plateaus where he is right now, maybe he has a couple of injuries, this, that, and the other thing, and that's his career, he's not a superstar. He's not a Hall of Fame guy. Yeah. You know? But if he continues to build this and add time and consistency to this level of performance, then now you, you say it. Yeah. I was totally on board with Shaq on those. Comments. No, for sure, for yeah. sure. That's 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 for sure. And shout out to Shaq for saying that. Really quick here, our very first sponsor here, Overkink.com. Uh, don't forget use promo code Bubba Pink. Overkink.com has all, and I do mean all of your bedroom needs. Stay kinky. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> that should be the new slogan for Overkink. <laughs> Let's do it. <clears throat> Can't go wrong with Let's do it. All right, yeah. let's get to the story. Yeah, what's you going guys on? Are here? On the bench. All right, what do we so, got? So, going so listen up here. I hate my wife, but I may never get a chance to divorce her. Before you jump down my throat, let me give some backstory to this situation. I, twenty-eight male, have my wife Amber, twenty-eight female, and we've been married for the last ten years. Today, I woke up in the morning, grabbed her out of bed, showered her, wiped her ass fed her, and then sat her inside of her favorite chair with her favorite show playing. My wife, for all intents and purposes, is a shell, a body of the person that she used to be. A year and a half ago, my wife got into a tragic car accident. She got hit in a T-bone collision going 75 while running a red light. I stopped loving my wife two months ago. And I know what you might be thinking, it was because she was in a vegetable state, no. That was not it. I still loved my wife inside of that state and took care of her every single day. I still take care of her every single day. The reason I hate my wife was because of what I found in her phone. I was going to do a collage of our relationship and put it inside of our room to show how commodorative we are together. All the trips we took together, all the places we have been, everything we have visited on my dime because I loved her and I cared for her and I wanted her to have the best things in the world. Well, when I went into her phone, I kind of saw some messages from the exact day of the accident. It pretty much was, hurry up. Where are you? I need you right now. I'm on the way. I love you. I had trouble getting away from him. Who's him? I'm him. I looked at the phone and I was shocked. I've never seen this name before, but after scrolling through the messages, I saw pictures, I saw videos, I saw things that I couldn't even get her to do with me. In Barbados, I couldn't even get her to do with me. In Japan, I'm, I'm sitting there like, wait, we went all over the world and, and, and you did this? 
Next door, you did this? Down the street, you did this a block away? Okay, this is ridiculous. So I had to see who the man was. I had to find him. I had to know where, where, who was this great man. And I went to his page and I saw, I saw. <laughs> he was inside of a relationship. He got into a relationship two days. That's, That's a crazy story. He got into a, a relationship two days after um, his wife's accident. That's a that's a crazy interesting story, man. There's a lot there, man. <laughs> there's, there's a lot, a lot there. There's a lot there. There was a show called Deadwood, and uh, this the saloon owner was kind of ran the town, and I think it was the the pastor of the town had fallen gravely ill and was going to die, mm. and so. The, for some reason or not, they, they they put him in the saloon, and the saloon owner's comment was, "So I get stuck with the bag of shit," <laughs> and I really feel that that's what happened to this guy. He got stuck. He got with stuck the... with the bag of shit. What are the? He odds, should be man. able to quietly offer. <laughs> <laughs> he should. Hundred percent. You want to be so mad? I have no idea what I would do in that situation. Like, like that. That's that's a tough ass situation, man. Because you have been I taking think you care just of her, her for months. I, I think you just put her out in the street. <laughs> just whatever happens, happens, whatever happens, happens. Think about. I mean, think about. I mean, okay. So this is this is complicated because I think, like, in, in a weird reality, like this, not the accident and the take care, but th this whole like you really don't know what the, your other person is. Yeah, doing. Yeah, you really don't. That that like you have no fucking clue. Yeah. And you kind of have to like accept that as a reality or it'll drive you crazy. Yeah. And yeah. so like that that's a big thing about where we are. The accessibility of options is never higher at any point in history than it is now to to engage with other people and so forth. So you really don't have a clue what your other person's doing. And if you take it there and you're like, well, then why do I even want to be around this other person? Why do I want to be in a position where, like, musical chairs, I end up with a bag of shit? Yeah. You know? And it kind of goes to that whole, th I mean, the theme we've got, like, what is the value of these relationships that people get into? You know, if you're in a relationship, my thing is a lot of times people get into relationships, they almost inevitably reach a point of being unhappy in them. And then that opens the door to this. Yeah. You know? And then you're sitting there, it's like, well, okay, I've lived my life for 10 years thinking that I was in this nurturing loving relationship and i was just blowing a bunch of money on a whore yeah. like that's just horrific to realization it's, it's 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 yeah it's one of the worst realizations you can come to you know and I, I mean and like yeah i mean i guess that you know in some ways that this is lucky that this guy goes to tiktok and tells the story like another person would just kill her yeah like i've and again you double down on the whole like not only were you doing all this but now for the last two years of my life, my life has revolved around taking care of your miserable ass. Like that's absurd. It's really absurd. That's I mean, like I I would I mean if if I'm ever in that sort of state, I, I've I've told my kid, just kill me. I don't want to live in that state. And one of the biggest reasons is my quality of life would be garbage, but I don't want to burden you. Yeah. At all. And I'm serious about that. Um, there's no way I would want to burden other people by, by me being in some miserable, you know, semi-vegetative state. That's absurd. It, again, maybe you can't make the decision unless you make it on the front end, but it, it's selfish, you know. So that whole thing is crazy. And then, you know, to come to this realization that whatever you thought you had with that person was, was a sham. 
how is she still breathing right now? Like, that's crazy. That I mean, maybe just because this guy's amusing himself on TikTok. <laughs> I guess so, man. I mean, but but why? I mean, well, yeah, I, I have no idea. I, I mean, think about like that. The, the guy at Virginia Tech who found out that he got a blowjob from a dude, like, murdered him. Yeah. Like cold blood, mutilated him. Picture him in this situation. Yeah, we know. We know. We know. <laughs> He's probably chopping up body parts. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like this is yeah, this is totally different. He's probably chopping up body parts, like putting like blood on his face and going to practice. <laughs> Coach, I'm ready. <laughs> Kick off coverage. I'm there. <laughs> I'm there, man. Yeah, this yeah, this was crazy and interesting, man. Yeah. I, and I have no idea what I would do. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy, man. Jimmy that says is... she he, she will send her to the home. That's not you got to pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> now I got to pay. I got to pay money. Yeah. yeah. Nah, man. No, nah, no, nah, nah, that's crazy, man. If anything, I'm down with the, you know, putting her in the middle of the street and just whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And yeah. Moving on with my life. That's I, crazy. That, 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 that's more than likely my move. Yeah. Um, and then, like, you also, like, when you look at, like, when, you, when you're in these, like, I mean, again, it's almost the benefit of it. When you're in these, like, temporal, like, passion, sex-based relationships, you, you can just walk from them. Yeah. Like, homeboy's got a new one lined up two days later. <laughs> and the other guy that, like, is in this, like, marriage relationship stuck. and all the financial stuff that goes to that, he's been stuck for two years in hell. The, the, and um, and the, he said they were married for 10 years, right? Yeah, 10 years. So, so that was two years ago. Yeah, yeah two, eight, so he's 30 now because he was saying they were both 28 at the time of the accident. So that's 18. Like, from 18 to 28, he was married. Well, that's... Uh, you know, I didn't know where the story was going, but the first thing I when he first talked about that, I was like, "Man, this is the guy that went into the strip club and went to the champagne room with the first girl he saw in the club." <laughs> you know what I mean? Hell no, that ain't the move. He missed all of his super prime fun. Yeah, years. you gotta like scout the location a little bit. Yikes, man! That was his whole twenties. That was horrible. That was his whole life. I mean, like, how much did that guy do between before eighteen? Yeah, I mean, that's just insane, man. That, oh God, that's that's just brutal. I don't know. <laughs> Shout yeah. out to um, a quick here. Is I a, hope he was cheating too. Uh, no, he wasn't. He's, well, he well, he said he didn't he actually didn't, didn't address it. Yeah, he didn't mention. Kept it quiet. He didn't mention. Um, KD and the Suns won their first game. <laughs> well, you know, not first game, <laughs> but right back his his ball. his first game. No, I just wanted to mention it because I just got the notification. <laughs> Durant scored twenty three. <laughs> scored right. twenty three in his first his first game back. Just wanted to say that. That's okay, so uh, funny, once again, though. you guys are on the bench on the bench podcast with Bubba and Pink, home of sports music and mayhem. That was definitely a little mayhem there. That's brutal. All right. Uh, next, what I want to get into is um, it's a little music here. So, so Lil Wayne went on a uh, I don't know if it was a podcast, but it was a guy interviewing him, asking him some questions there and. And of course, I don't know if you guys saw the top like whatever. I think it was a top fifty list, a top one hundred of uh, rappers. Um, and Lil Wayne came in seven on seven. that on that on that on that list. And the guy was like, "What do you what you know? What do you think about that or whatever?" And uh, just for a little context here, that list had uh, Jay Z number one, Kendrick Lamar number two, Nas number three, Tupac number four, Eminem number five. And uh, Biggie number six, 
And then, of course, like I said, Wayne coming in at number seven. And this is coming off of Lil Wayne just releasing a um, really dope single called Can't Nobody. Like, I haven't heard Wayne rap like that in a little while. Uh, he just went crazy on it. And um, so he asked him, and he said, man, no offense to Jay, but I'm better. Basically saying that he's the number one best rapper of all time. And that's also interesting because over the... Over the course of his career, Wayne has always answered that question differently. Uh, you have, and it's always, like, if he drops something and he knows it's really good, and somebody asks him that right off of that, he, he's the best. He's, he's the, you know, he's going to say he's the best. And that's what happens, especially during his cash, um, his, um, not cash money days, but his, uh, the Carter, the Carter series, those albums, when he had a song called Best Rapper Alive, stuff like that. And then there are other times where he'll say, you know, uh, Jay-Z is the best. Or he'll say, um, uh, not Erica Baidu, but Lauren Lauren, um, Hill. Lauren Hill is the best. Or he'll say best Missy, rapper? Missy Elliott. I'm sorry, not Lauren Hill, but Missy Elliott. Oh. He'll say Missy Elliott is the best. I've heard him say that. Uh, Biggie, uh, Tupac. Like, it's just, it, it, it'll evolve, it'll change all the time. But what doesn't change is if he's feeling himself, <laughs> if he got a, a dope record out, a dope album out, he's the best. And a lot of times, though, in music, that can't that really can fluctuate because music, number one, is subjective. Um, you could have a different list than me. You could have a different guy than me because of what you like to listen to. 100%. But, but what I try to do here is I tried to come up with the top five list, top five rapper list, because I thought that list was a little it was a little I thought it was crazy. Um and the thing is, is you have to, first of all, they didn't really describe what their criteria criteria was. Um, it was a loose. Their criteria was loose. If I uh, when I'm doing mine, I'm doing mine off of off of raw skills from a rapping perspective. Your lyrical content. Your impact to the culture. And then awards and numbers. OK, so that's my criteria. And in that order as well. So at number five on my top five rapper list of all time, at number five, I have Andre 3000. Really? Okay? Andre 3000 is a very talented uh, rapper, uh, high on the skills and lyrical content. The knock on Andre 3000 is he doesn't have a solo album, right? Doesn't have a solo album, but he is the best featured artist in hip hop history. All right, going to his time with Outkast and any other like song that he's featured on, he just does not have a bad verse. And the entire his his peers and everything um, love him. And then lastly, I say about Andre is his impact to culture. When he went on that big stage back in the day and he said, "Hey, the South has something to say," that did so much for Southern rappers because at the time we were only known for booty shaking music. And drug dealers turned to rappers. That's what we were known for. And then he kind of put a microscope on the South. So guys like Lil Wayne and Rick Ross and and whatever, T.I. and those guys could walk through the door. But that door was shut before he really went on that huge stage and said that. All right. Uh, at number four, number four, I had Kendrick Lamar. And this is something I had to go back and I had to put him in. At first, I just took him out because they had him at number two. And I'm like, that's 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 crazy. How could Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar is young? But Kendrick Lamar... He has a ton of he's just put in a ton of work in his little time and 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 his number one album his number one records and of course his his skill level is extremely high uh the things that he can do 
with his uh with his voices and with his cadences mostly cadences is just outrageous out of this world and of course his lyrical content um the one knock on him for me is um minimal impact uh to the culture uh even on his coast the west coast it's not a lot of guys who look to be kendrick but maybe that's because kendrick is so unique to his rapping styles you really can't you really can't duplicate it um and again this list is i'm trying to look at it subjectively these are not my favorite top five rappers these are just top five i think that should be the top five and k dot has like i said his awards and numbers are up there with the best of them which was a surprise to me all right um even though he hasn't been in the game as long as these other guys at number three i have tupac um i thought it was crazy to have biggie over tupac on that list um now tupac um is, a, is another guy that's lacking something of my um my criteria here which is his technical skills right tupac wasn't a rapper rapper guy um he he had but he, he was off the charts and everything else as far as impact to culture as far as uh his, his, his lyrical content what he was speaking on and his awards and numbers uh even though he, he you could say he died before his time or whatever the case may be if that's what you want to say or the term you want to use he still put in a ton of work he had a lot of albums a lot of singles that and, and they sold a lot of course all of that good stuff and uh his impact to culture was just humongous i mean tupac is a name to stay and if you compare that to biggie um it, he just put in five times ten times the work that biggie that biggie did i mean biggie has what two albums maybe um that, and that's just not enough when you compare it to a guy like tupac uh, from the same era there. All right, so that's number three. So right now I got Andre 3000, number five. I have Kendrick Lamar, number four. I have Tupac, number three. And number two, I have Jay-Z. Uh, Jay-Z is not one of my favorite rappers, uh, but he just has a, um, he just, he has something you just can't deny, which is his body of work. Um, his impact uh, to the culture is is, 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 is fairly high uh, for sure. Um, his awards and numbers are, you know, it's through the roof. We don't have to uh, detail that. Um, and he just he 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 has uh, everything on my criteria. I mean, <clears throat> his, his skills and his lyrical content, um, is 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 high. Um, he he, you know, a, a couple knocks on Jay. I do believe he lost the battle to to uh to Nas. Um, you know, but he was able to bounce back that didn't like knock him off his that, that it didn't knock him off his uh trajectory um at the time uh which we've seen that happen to a lot of other rappers that got into beefs like that um like 50 kind of knocked I, I feel like he knocked ja rule off his trajectory i think he knocked he sure did rick ross <laughs> off his trajectory so that can happen in in, in hip-hop beefs but it didn't happen in that one but i do believe the edge went to nas um but but he's been the best rapper of his era and um and you really just can't deny it uh, uh he's a great featured artist as well he get on tracks he kills them and i'm not mad it doesn't anger me when people say jay-z is the best rapper of all time because i understand what they're saying and they they kind of put his personal finances into it which you know what is whatever of course jay-z is a highly successful man uh, outside of the mic similar to like LeBron it's weird for me like I liked him less the wealthier he got yeah I just I just thought like the, the, as he became mogul Jay-Z like I thought he lost relatability as a rapper he did but he, he his, his content he he switched and he, he changed his content right he had to and 
and sometimes what happens is sometimes a lot of times that doesn't work for artists. It worked from him from a standpoint of he kept his fan base. For example, as Jeezy, as Jeezy aged, he lost a lot of his fan base because you have to switch your content and he tried to a little bit um, and that didn't work. So then you try to put more drug talk back in it but by the end it's, it's just it's too late it really doesn't work for a lot of artists so i do credit jay-z for doing that yeah it, it's not the old jay but it's like it's it's a decent version of him i think i think his you know his lyrical content and his skills his skill level still shine in that um and to them and to me little wayne is just number one now he is my favorite rapper of all time uh but number one if I was really arguing with a person, this is what I'll say. Lil Wayne, like what you can't deny is he has the most dominant stretch in hip hop in hip hop history. There is no one who had as dominant of a stretch as Lil Wayne in hip hop. That's something he'll go down as, you know, he'll pass away and have that stretch. And I don't think nobody will top it. It's a Wilt Chamberlain like stretch how many years it was the numbers that he amassed and just his chokehold on the game and just and and and, and to, to double down on that his peers let you know that you know a lot of people have eminem in their top whatever like that list did a lot of other people did you know eminem was saying crazy stuff like he was contemplating suicide through through little wayne's run like that's how jealous he was of little wayne he was extremely jealous of little wayne he was you know what i mean jay-z uh, said he heard um, uh, Lil Wayne's remix to his song, Show Me What You Got. And he said, yes, yeah, time for me to retire. Uh, these are literal quotes you can go and Google from these guys. Uh, and that's during his stretch. That's how dominant his stress was. Um, uh, number two, uh, it's just his 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 skills. T.I. said in a recent podcast, he says, uh, the reason why you guys shouldn't have me over Lil Wayne and any other thing is because rap any of the rap list is because rap is what little wayne do like i do a little comedy i do a little uh, uh i do a little um acting i do a little business i do a little this like i don't wake up and want to rap like little wayne since 15 years old that's all he ever wanted and that's all he does you know and, and no he, there's no other harder worker and you know that because of the how much he puts out um and he tries things people don't like that he put out a rock album people don't like that he put out an entire album of him talking in creole people don't like that he did an r&b auto-tune album people don't like you know but he he didn't stay in one lane he tried everything you know uh and i think drake took some of that from from little wayne and did it his own way um um but that's one thing about wayne and lastly i'll say his impact to culture is he has the biggest impact to the hip hop culture than any other artist, um, just because of how, how many children we say, like like we say, that he bred in the game. A lot of these young artists, all of them are many Little Waynes in their own little way, uh, from the way they look, from the way that they rap, and all of that good stuff. They're all children of Little Wayne. They all come from his tree. He has more rap children, rap babies on his tree than any other artist in the history of the game, and that just shows you how many of them were looking up to him growing up. That's all they listened to. Uh, so that's the, that would be my reason. But again, I wouldn't argue with anyone that have Jay-Z or or Tupac, uh, you know, any of those guys. But Biggie, I just don't I, I can't hear it with Biggie uh, being in the top five. Um, Is that really a function of the, of the limited body of work? Yes. Though? Yes. That's only li it's limited to, 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 to body of work. 
um, because that, that that does mean a lot. Um, his skill set and his lyrical content is crazy, of course, and also because of his small when amount you of time. Say, um, and I'm fascinated because I don't, I don't know exactly when you, you've referred to several times skill set, lyrical content. Yeah. How do you differentiate those two things? So l- lyrical content um, is mostly like, you know, what you're talking about, right? Okay. Um, and skill set is how you're able to to how many flows do you have? What you know, cadences, uh, uh, your your bar game. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, all of that stuff I will put in in, in, in skill set, um, and uh, more and, and also in um, lyrical content is. Um, how relevant are your, your 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 bars and what you're saying and things like that? All of that fits into that boat as well. So that's the difference between the two. Okay, in okay. my opinion, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's my list: Andre 3000 number five, K Dot number four, Tupac number three, Jay Z number two, Lil Wayne number one. I think that is the official list and should be <laughs> the official list. So that's what we got there. I wanted to go through that and shout out shout out to Wayne who um, who just dropped that new single. Um, really quick here, we got we got Chris saying he would have. As far as that dating story, he would have dropped her off at the dude's house. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the problem is he didn't know like for a long time. <laughs> yeah, he didn't know for a long yeah. time. I mean, but that's a good one. Yeah. I, I would have did that. Just dropped her off at the front yard. Yeah. Front front yard. As soon as I would have found out, that's that is wild. a good one. Um, really quick here to our second sponsor, Royal Thirteen The Brand uh, use promo code Bubba Pink and be fresh heading into the summer. Once again, that is Royal13thebrand.com. Use promo code Bubba Pink. All right here. Um we got we still got quite a few things left to go here. Let's go with Bring um on. Yeah. Let's go with uh some NBA stuff here. All right. All right? Yeah. Let's go with some NBA stuff here. All right. There's quite a few things uh going on for sure. <laughs> Damian Lillard, and that's a guy that we talked about off and on. Yeah. Um, probably um, more than we have, more than we should have, probably. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, after his 70, what was that, 71? 71, or, I think. 71 point game against the Houston Rockets. Another, another thing, really quick here, if you look at most of the, like, the huge games this year, they've been against the Houston Rockets. <laughs> uh, they're just a, a putrid uh Defensive team, and I mean, what a bunch of, I like that. That's bunch a of 18, word. 19, That's a good word. 18, 19 year old guys. I mean, what else can you expect? Uh, but he's saying they better pray that I don't win a championship for the Blazers. I just thought that was a, just a, I, I don't know. I, I'm more and more, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming a non Damian Lillard guy. I have been there a long time. <laughs> I haven't always said it outright, right? But like, I just find him like. Almost annoying. Yeah. Like, I mean, I respect that he can play. I, I'm not saying no, he can't he can play, play. But, like, I do think he has this weird persona about him. It's almost like this odd arrogance. And in this weird way, like, he's got the loyalty brand of sticking with Portland. But I also think what that does is that actually speaks to a lack of ambition. And you're almost hiding in Portland. You're not putting yourself in a situation where... I need to win, and that's it, or I'm a failure. And as an athlete, I think that's the craziest crucible you could put yourself in. Right. Is you go out in a situation and say, and, and LeBron and those guys get mocked for it all the time. But when they got together in Miami and they did the one title, two title, three title thing, like they marked themselves for greatness and they marked themselves for ridicule. 
and they won two titles. Yeah. I think Dame sits up there in Portland amongst the weird anarchists and just like just doesn't have to do anything. As long as he gets his numbers and the team's not in the freaking lottery, like, oh, there's Dame. We respect him. You know, drop a couple big games here or there, hit a few shots. Even the weird smug look he had in that iconic picture after he hit the game-winning shot, it felt forced. Yeah. It felt like he did that on purpose knowing the camera was there. <laughs> I just don't like the guy. I Yeah, and again, we know he can ball. Here goes the thing, right? I don't think every player has to win a championship or they're trash. I, I I don't like that culture that we're in. But but I like what you said. I I think he's hiding from 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 having not the opportunity, but to be. I think he's hiding from being put in that situation. Yeah. I I I I don't believe. I don't think he wants to be in that situation. I agree. I I, I, I you know. Okay, even if I know he's not really from Portland, but even if that was his hometown, whatever, how much love you have for Portland, whatever, I, I, you know, I understand. But at some point, you would think as a great player, you know, you would want to. How much of this you think is tied to he wants to be the man, similar to the Paul George? Well, was I was going to say, like, the, the, and, and I, I, the Paul George comment is honestly that's something that Dame should say himself. Yeah, because he's not a number one. Right, he's not a championship caliber number one. No, he could be a championship caliber number two in the right situation. Potentially, it's not proven, but I think that's a reality to him. And I think maybe just psychologically, you might have nailed it. He's not okay with that. Right, being number one is more important to him than winning. Yeah, and that's that's probably a, a character flaw for him, in in my book. I mean, yeah. he probably feels that that's that's an attribute to him. But I think you nailed that. I think you know he's kind of hiding. I don't. I think he maybe does doesn't want to get out of his comfort zone. And, and go after winning. I mean, like people say it all the time in in um even any field, like like as far as like growth, like you have to get uncomfortable to grow. Yeah, you you have to break something down to grow. And you look at the career of Dame Lillard. It's like go to Portland, be on mediocre playoff teams for a decade or more, and that's that's what it is. I also think like low key. I think he's made an appearance or two for Team USA, but not much. And he's for the most part he's been bad. Whenever well here to a twofold, when everybody's been available, they've never selected him. And then when he has gotten selected due to other people not being available, he's underwhelmed. That says a lot, man. That says a, a ton. It does. It does. And you know another guy, right? So Charles Barkley, we hear him all the time. TNT, like he didn't win, right? He didn't win a championship. But one thing I will say about Charles is he put himself in position and he went all out for it. Like he was in Philly, and he he'll tell you that they traded him. He didn't force his way out, but he forced his way out. But guess what? Not only were we a bad team, he got drafted to an aging championship team, right? But those our guys were old. So once they once they retired, aged out, and left, like it, the, 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 it was barren. So you have a prime Barkley on a team that has nothing else really. Um, he was and, isolated, basically. Yeah, he was isolated, and he he wanted to be in a winning situation. So he got himself over to a, a, a you know. A, a, Eventually, it ended up being you know Phoenix, who had a really good team around. Him. Well, I mean, he, and then let, uh, let's I mean let's just stop at Phoenix for a second. Okay, he went out to Phoenix. They had some talented players. He got himself in what was probably the best shape of his life. Yeah, 
and had an amazing season, yeah. and they they lose to the Bulls in the finals. Right. I mean, he he went for that. He went. He for did it. everything he could do. Yes. I mean, hats off to him. And then you know when that kind of ran its course, he tried in Houston. Yes, and, that's what I'm saying. And whatever. But I mean, to me, that Phoenix was revealing. I mean, he got out of the mediocrity of, of Philadelphia. He personally got in shape. Yes. He really had an amazing. Wasn't that his season. MVP year too? Right. Yeah, yeah. That was the best yeah, year of his career. Yeah, best year know? of his career. You know, and 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 and, and, I, and that's why I think I think they. In similar situations, um, of Dame a little older than what he's not, but Dame can be an MVP type player on on a team like that if 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 he takes on that challenge. But he's just not. But we but we said the same thing about Bradley Beal a little while ago. It's like yeah. these guys, like when they just they stay in the one place and it's not a place that's going anywhere, and they take the big check to do it. You are defining yourself. You are. So don't come at me with, oh, don't let me win a championship. Well, we're not going to let you. We don't have to worry. You ain't going to win we, one. We, like we have zero negative a thousand billion worries about that. <laughs> there, there, like you're not, we just don't. It's yeah. not. That's, that's not a thing. All right. Uh, the Clippers. I don't know if they play tonight, but they are zero and three with the Westbrook look. Um, <laughs> I, I heard that today, and I cringed, man. I cringed. And he has been. This is the thing, and this is why fans. This is why basketball fans. They're the toughest to talk to, because if you look at like his box scores, like I've watched. Um, I've watched their last two games. I didn't watch the first game where they lost. But if you look at the box scores, like like he's. It'll look like he's good. What's the Westbrook last game? He had fourteen points 10 assists right with a steal you look at that you said for a point guard 14 10 assists seven rebounds that was last night's game that was last night's game you see i watched last night's game. game right i did not see him as the problem right but and, and, and well, let me just finish the thought okay. real quick so like i woke up this morning and then i heard that stat and i hadn't heard it like oh and three and i feel bad i'm like god he's just he just can't get a you know a break anywhere mm -hmm. you know that this happens but i watched the game last night i mean i thought he, he had a Pretty damn solid game, and he wasn't a problem with the team. The thing about Westbrook is, he, he, not only is it his turnovers, but it's the way that he impacts the the when he's on the floor, his lack of shooting, and his lack of knowing the pace of the game. Like he he only plays the game at one speed. And that really hurts the team in crunch time in fourth quarter and fourth quarter minutes. Uh, he, he's the second worst fourth quarter player in the entire NBA this season, but that's tied and has the Lakers st stats in there as well. Yeah, take that with what you want. But um, but like it's not a coincidence. That's my thing. And I I was uh, I was you know the first to say I thought that it could work it, with the Clippers because they do need a floor general, a point guard on the team. They've been trotting out Paul George and Terrence Mann as the point guard for that team. They needed a guy who can be like that, but he's he's just he's a guy he's just, he's tough to win with as a point guard because he he's really he doesn't see the floor well, I don't think, man. And he, he makes he makes bad decisions. I think his he, turnovers he, are just he thrives, crazy. He thrives at a high pace, and he struggles when it's not high pace. Yeah, he's kind of a one-trick pony, and I think that's the problem. That's the biggest issue. And Kawhi Leonard is a he's a half-court guy. Uh, um, well, the problem is you, you have a bunch of old fucking geezers. Yeah. I mean, you do. I mean, Ka Kawhi does not want to run. No. He gave up running when he left. <laughs> he did. Yeah. Like, he plods around the court. Kawhi, again, another guy, great player. I hate him. I don't like watching him at all. Yeah. He's just kind of like a, a big plodding bully. 
It's not fun to watch. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's, you know, he's very, never dynamic in transition, never makes entertaining, engaging passes, no. never moves off the ball. No. Like, he's boring as tears yeah. as a basketball player. Yeah. You know, and the reality is, you know, some guys are just good enough that they don't have to be entertaining to be successful. And he's that. But when you pair him with Westbrook, he's not running a lane. He's, and he is such a deadpan character. Like, He's not going to vibe with anybody. Yeah. It's just not who he is. Right. You know, um, yeah, and I'm, this is not to discredit his contributions to the Spurs, but like the Spurs, it was a little bit like KD in a perverse way. The Spurs had a culture. They had a vibe. They had all this stuff. And he just got to be himself in that bigger cultural structure. He goes to Toronto. He was essentially a hired assassin for a season. Yeah, it was a similar thing. They already had a built-in culture. Yeah, but he was just literally a hired assassin. And, and, I mean, he was virtually unstoppable. But I will say, I mean, the Warriors injuries changed the series, and and I put an asterisk on that. Uh, But, I mean, like, just individually, he was unstoppable in the playoffs. You know, did what he needed to do, always seemed to hit the big shot, always seemed to make the big play. Um, But since then, he's just been this – this plotting injury prone guy, you know, that, that puts up stats, but in a lot of ways they're empty stats. He's not a two way terror. No, not anymore. No, not, not at all. But but before his injuries, there was a time where Kawhi was really you you really could make an argument he, he was the best player in the league. That only lasted a year or two, um, before all these injuries. But I mean, he well, was I mean, he was special on the defensive well, end. Well, never forget. I mean, when he goes to the Clippers and LeBron goes to the Lakers, like, who is going to be the first person to win a, th- a third title with a third team? Yeah. Like, that's where we were. That's where we were. He was right there. Yeah. And if the Clippers had somehow gotten it done, like, what do we – I mean, it doesn't doesn't diminish LeBron to any crazy degree, but it certainly would have elevated him to a whole different place. No, for sure. You know, that's for sure. But it just it didn't happen, and uh, you know, eh, Paul George is just kind of a of a dude. I I just it, they're I I I'm, I do not like the Clippers. I don't like them with Westbrook, but I didn't like them before. They're they're just a miserable team to watch. Um, hold on, let's see here before we go. I want to talk about. Um, Kobe <laughs> says uh, Westbrook has zero basketball common sense. The decision making process. For that elite athlete, it's mind blowing. Only person better at robbing the bank than Floyd is Kawhi. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of true. And somehow, I don't know. You can put uh, you can put the uh, the guy we were talking about with Washington, Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal, <laughs> yeah. Well, but Brad, I mean, yeah. I mean, Kawhi like plays, doesn't play. It's just been like it's a joke, man. Yeah, it is it a is. joke. It is. Um, yeah. I and I I I think lowly of him the way he departed from the Spurs. Oh yeah, basically yeah. sat they, out yeah. with his, yeah. you know, thing. And Tony was coming. Yeah, I, I really hate the fact. In hindsight, I hate the fact that he wanted Toronto. Uh, yeah, because it we, we can't vindicated. at the end of the day we can't take that away from him. Yeah, but it was a year removed from him, in my estimation, jumping the shark. Yeah, because when he he was, uh, uh, like a. A two-way terror, this young rising guy, and, and seemed to be like low maintenance. And then, like then, the fallout with the Spurs was ugly and stupid. And then he goes there and he actually won. That was a joke. Yeah. Because basically, he's just gone back to being a play when I want prima donna the whole time in the Clippers. 
I, I wonder, does he think he would play less without the load managing than he already does? Because where where is the load managing really helping him? Oh. Because he's already missing a ton of games. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm hurt. I am. Uh, my thought on load management, I, I get it in limited circumstances with guys that are like rehabbing from injuries, like a Clay. I got it for like an aging Tim Duncan. But my thought on athletics is that you condition yourself to do a certain thing, a certain rhythm, a certain routine. And when you load manage without a genuine purpose to do that, you throw off that equilibrium and you become more susceptible to injury. If you're a football player, you you know you prep, you enter training camp, and you're conditioned to put, compete for 16 or 17 weeks. You, you, you know what I thought was re- on the load management thing? Yeah. Damian Lillard played in the All-Star game. He was taking all these bomb threes that I told you I liked in the All-Star yeah. game. The first game out of the All-Star game, load manage, rest. Yeah. That's what it said on the thing. It said rest. Yeah. Out of the All-Star break. Yeah. <laughs> they're in the they're they're in the 10th, 11th seed trying to make the play in. Right. And the first game out of the All-Star. <laughs> yeah, you, what you, 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 what you, you can't do it. And they lose by like whatever, 15, 20 points. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, well, well, like I, – I, it, it's gotten to the that point. That was crazy to me. But it has gotten to the point that it is literally a joke. That's a joke, though. But he's not the only guy. He's not the only guy. I mean, but, 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 I know, but coming I, that, out of the All-Star yeah, that, break, that, that highlights rest, it. That highlights how pathetic <laughs> it is. That's, it that's, is. That's a real joke. But, I mean, it's it's widespread, man. It is. No, it is. Dude's just, I mean, it, it's it just, and you see it like, I mean. I mean, it just trickles down, and like you know, you get you know, you get guys showing up to AAU games and high school, and they're not playing, you know, not no clear injury. You know, you go to a gym, and there's young kids there that like you know, act like I mean, they're in the gym, they act like they don't want to play a game. Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, seriously, I I I think it's pathetic. I mean, I wake up ready to play, yeah, and, and that's all I would want to do that day, you know, and that's that's it. Like I get a chance to compete at something, and I don't understand how you could be an elite competitor, show up and like watch the team play without you playing. Right. Like, what is that all about? No, seriously, man. I mean, if I walk again, if I walk th- like through a park, and two people are throwing a football, like I have to fight the urge to like put my hands up and call for the ball, <laughs> just because I want to get a couple throws in. Yeah. And I don't care if they're six years old or they're. They're 25 years. I don't care. Hey, ball, let's go. I mean, that's that's how I'm wired. And, <laughs> we were at the baby shower. You did that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I was ready to go. We had a baby shower. There's freaking five year olds running around. Yeah. I want to play. I mean, that's just the way it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'd rather do that than damn near any other activity. Yeah. Like, you know, what, throw a football, shoot a basketball? Like, I, I, it's not a fulfilling time for me to just sit there yeah, yeah. and not do something all right, all right. like I don't get it. And again, I, yeah, not to revive the annoying goat debate, but the reality, like, like Michael Jordan's stretch with the second three P of the bulls, where I don't think he missed a game. Mm-hmm. Like the more removed we get from that, that seems absurd. Yeah. I mean that, you know, but again, there was that internal drive and just that insatiable competitiveness that, I'm playing, you know. I'm there's a game. I'm here. I'm counted for, and I, the the more we get into this load management crap, the greater respect I have for people that just show up and play. Yeah. I mean, that's why Anthony Edwards, like he got you know made the comments he made the other day, and it's just like, if I could be a bigger fan of the guy, it's hard. You know, he's yeah. dropping movies, playing every game. Like, what do you want? You know. Um, 
It, it is this, an embarrassment. Barkley jumped on it the other day. No, too. he did. He did. Uh, moving on, the this this the, the MVP race is getting interesting. It's 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 been trending and they're talking about it a lot lately. So, Nikola Jokic is favored to win three straight. Yeah. And the talk around that is, you know, there's only been what three to four guys to win it three straight. They're all, of course, all time greats. You know, championship winners, things of that nature. And so there's a couple of things. It's a it's a regular season award, but you look at it and it's like that's kind of wild that a guy would win three in a row and not get past the second round. Not get past the second round. Um I'm with you. <laughs> and also there's been instances in the past where voters either get voter fatigue, number one. Yeah. Or, for example, we were just talking about Barkley. Well, Jordan had an MVP year that year as well. Yeah. But because Barkley was new, it was a new situation, the storyline, X, Y, Z. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Barkley got it. Uh, that instance has been like that with Nash. and it, it, just, it, it just goes on and on and on and on um, with instances like that in the NBA. But it seems like that won't stop Jokic this year from getting it. So the, the question is now, sh- sh- I guess, should he? And um, and I, I, you know, Jokic, I'm not 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 that I had to come around. I know what Jokic is. Jokic is a a really great offensive player, probably the best passing big man that we've ever seen. Um, you know, definitely up there. Um, I don't know. First of all, I I I don't like his. I don't like he doesn't show. Is it grit? Is it competitive nature? Like, like he doesn't show that to me. Like when he plays the other bigs of the teams, like he doesn't show that. They um, remember the one game I was telling you. He sat out against Greek Freak that one time. Yeah. Um, and uh, the other time, he's just he's very nonchalant against the, against Embiid. Embiid is passionate. He's you know. Yeah. Jokic well, nonchalant. Like, the series against the, Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis severely outplayed him in the playoffs. I, I think Jokic I think you're nonchalant. you're onto something significant there, and I, I think that. You know, he's a supremely skilled player, yeah. but he's largely a one-way player, not a two-way player. Right. And, you know, we do have viable guys that are doing more two ways than he does, you know, one and a half ways. Yeah. And so I, I think we're undervaluing that. And I do think, like, his temperament, it, you know, and I, I don't like Eastern Europe. I just don't. Um, but, you know, it's <laughs> it's a different mentality. And, um, th- you know, he... He, he does not emote in a way that we would want to see. And it doesn't feel, and this kind of corresponds with his matchups against what you would figure to be natural rivals positionally, but also it equates to the playoffs. There, where is the extra gear? Yeah. Where is that extra I gear? I think he has one gear. Yeah. I don't see him take it up a notch. Or, or and, and to his credit, uh, it's, it's rare that you see him take it down a notch unless it's just a naturally bad game that everyone has. Yeah. But he just has that one gear and, it, and it's an awesome gear there's thousands of players that wish they had that they can reach that right, gear. right right but it's only one and i see other great players able to take it up a notch like Giannis, who if i'm being honest with myself and because games uh i mean like your record matters right um so of course i'm an b guy but Giannis, the bucks are the number one team in the east now and 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 the eastern conference has been they're over this, boston now yeah they're over oh, okay. boston now and uh they just recently beat boston as well and but but the east has been the stronger conference all year 
Okay, they essentially have the same record, uh, but but Milwaukee is like a game over Denver. Okay, um, because think about it. Look at the West. <coughs> Memphis, <coughs> Memphis is the number two seed in the West. But if you ask any basketball person that watches basketball, they'll tell you Memphis has been a disappointment this year. Yeah, they have two and that's the number two seed. Yeah. After that, you have Sacramento. Who believes in them? Phoenix just got KD, but you know before that, you know Phoenix was. I, I looked at them. I, no, I would have thought they'd have been ninth, eighth. Well, well Phoenix. I mean, here, I mean Phoenix. You got. I mean, for the prior two years, right? They were right at the top of the West, right? And, and I mean, great seasons made the finals, all that stuff. So I mean, what they've been this year has been a disappointment. Has been, has been, disappointment. been a clear step back. I mean. Clippers, Golden State, all of those guys, injuries, Minnesota, Utah. So they load management. They load most, management, most injuries. He, and, and here's the thing, like Giannis has probably missed more games this year than he ever has. Yeah. He's had a bunch of different yeah. things. Um, so I think that hurts. And I if I look at this, I mean I and I I'm not happy to give this guy a third MVP because there's a certain significance to that. It is. That puts you in this weird stratosphere that I'll never put Jokic, right. no matter how good he is, um, in. But the damn problem is this. He plays almost every night. He puts up consistent numbers. Averaging no bad games. Um, and then his team is at the top of his conference by a couple of games. So what do you knock him for? There's just not a lot there. And, um, you know, you kind of look at it, well, yeah, and, and then, well, oh, crap, you know, he, Giannis hadn't played as many games and whatever, and until recently they weren't at the top. I mean, Tatum's been a nice narrative storyline. He's been clutch. He's been consistently great for Boston. But I don't, I mean, I still have a, I, I don't, I mean, an, I don't clearly feel him over Jokic. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. No, he's um, not. He's 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 not going to be in the top three. Embiid was close last year, but like again, they're not riding at the top of the East. I mean, if, if Embiid was playing at the level he was, and and Philadelphia's at the top of the East, and Denver's at the top of the West, I think Embiid probably gets, gets the, the nod. Edge, yeah. But it's 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 just kind of this weird, almost like mathematical conclusion based on you know games played, consistency of performance, and what your record is. And it's just yeah, it's just really unfortunate. Is and 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 that's I guess that's my point to bringing it up I, I i don't have any strong arguments i just wish it wasn't the way it was exactly <laughs> i feel the same that's it. I, I, you know i don't have any strong arguments like last year i was you know standing on top of the table how is you give us in beat you know whatever but this year is like yeah, i guess but like you, this you, is a year i could see him winning i just think they shouldn't have gave it to him in a year where it was clearly even and you know yeah. Um, because this is what's going to happen, right? I think because we play Denver again, right? So last year it was even. Like Philly, Philly had a higher seed in the East. Jokic's stats were better, even though Embiid led the league in scoring again last year. I think the difference making was head to head. Yeah. Jokic won. And one game they were even, the other game Jokic outplayed Embiid. Okay. They played twice last year. I think this year, I think Embiid is going to outplay him, outperform him twice. But it's going to be the opposite. Denver is going to have a um, a better record, Baker, a better seed, a better seed, and um, and then also to, to add to that, Jokic is averaging a triple double this year. Well, last year he didn't. So yeah, I I, I I agree with you. I think they're going to give the nod to Jokic. I just wish it wasn't that way. <laughs> and I don't have any strong arguments. Well, to our, say, our, our to preseason otherwise. guy was Luca. Yeah, but they they haven't had the great record. No, you no. know they they've just kind of he has around. the stats, but they don't have the record yeah. and his his impact has been minimal compared to last year yeah uh just to be honest on, on that front and uh yeah and 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 they're one in whatever force since the Kyrie 
Um, I mean, trade. you know, trade and yeah. playing together. Yeah, they won an extra game when Luca was out, but yeah, that's that's a little weird there for sure. So we'll we'll see. I just I mean that is a narrative. I guess it'll get really serious towards uh, the the MVP talks will get really serious towards the end of the season, like a, a week or two left. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, for me personally, when I look at those sort of things, like if I if I have a vote, um, at some point, if it's relatively close from the statistical measures, I would just ask myself if I had to play a game tomorrow, who am I picking first? Right. And I would go with that. Exactly. You know, and I wouldn't pick Jokic first. There's going to be some real heat on him in this playoff run. And um, what would you say? So you, you you think he has to at least make the conference finals to like vindicate his his status? You're the top seed by a couple games in your conference, but does anybody feel you're the favorite? To More get than to a the couple final? by six games. Yeah, They're the but, number one but, seed by six. But how games. crazy is it that I mean, who's got Denver in the finals? Like right now, I mean, basketball people. I mean, I very heard. few people, yeah. if any. I mean, what does that say about you? Yeah. That you're the going away top seed by a half a dozen games, yet nobody's convinced yeah. that you're taking that team to the finals. And no injuries. Those yeah. guys have been playing this year. Exactly. Yeah. That that says huge. Yeah, I mean, if I'm if I'm making an argument for MVP or not, that that's that's it. That's my argument. <laughs> yeah. This guy's a half a dozen games up in the West, and nobody thinks his team's going to go to the finals with him. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, man. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, I, they they might not even be a strong favorite in the first round, depending on who they play. Depending on who they play, you know. Because I'll tell you what, if they mess around and get, um, say for example, New Orleans with Zion back, that'd be interesting, yeah. man. What if they get the Warriors with 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 Steph? I mean, that's they, they that's beat them that's last a, year. that's a, that's yeah. The Warriors are only. Technically, they're in the sixth spot, but they're only a game ahead of Minnesota. Yeah, <laughs> they're only one game ahead of Minnesota. Who's in the eighth? That's it. Yeah, but the, and uh, but I mean, but yeah. so that can happen. There, but there's an absolute blanket from I think five or six to like twelve. Yeah, there's a, just a blank. I mean, like I think it's maybe a three game. Yeah, margin. Yeah. So I mean, that anything can, that can land, like, anything can happen. Well, can land we're about anywhere. nineteen or twenty to play. Yeah. yeah. That could that could flip flop all day. Flip -flop all I mean, day. if I'm the, I mean, I'm I'm kind of a Warriors guy, and so I'm like, man, like kind of like, like let's string together some roles, stay six or higher, so you stay out of the play in drama, yeah. and and see what happens. But there's a part of you that like, okay, you're in the six, now you know you're maybe you're playing the, this Kevin Durant Phoenix team or somebody like that. I'd rather roll the dice with the Nuggets. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, as far as that goes, I would, man. Yeah. All right. Let's see here. It, talking about um, playoff matchups, what do you think of uh, this 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 Cleveland team here? You know, for me, one thing about Cleveland right now, they will they will face us in the first round. Uh, Philly Cleveland matchup that could very well stay the same yeah. uh, because they're they're two two plus games behind us, and we're four games back from Boston at number two. Okay. So so the three fourths, you know, that's probably a lock. Yeah. The one thing um about Cleveland is I'm not I'm not as big on their bigs as everyone else. Mobley and um Mobley and Jared, they're not as good to me as everybody thinks they are. Because first of all, they're defensive guys, they're defense first guys. And all the, the good bigs have their way with them. Like like 
like, and I mean, like, dominant. <laughs> well, they're not like Allen to me is 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 a defense first hustle big. There's not a, it's not physical. Right. Like so when he plays an Embiid or whatever, he's decidedly overmatched and he has a problem. But, you know, he is being an activity guy, a rebounder, rotating, card, you know, garden pick and rolls. He's nice at all that stuff. But it's defense first guy. My theory and maybe he doesn't I I've always been suspicious about Mobley's motor. And but my thing is maybe it's the motor, but I also think it's Donovan Mitchell. And I think you look at this guy, he this would be his second year, correct? Yeah. And and you know, he, he should be in an expanded role, but then you bring in Donovan Mitchell who soaks up so many shots. I don't think because of Mitchell, Mobley's been able to take much of a leap offensively. Mm. And again, he's as a big, he's a guy that you know, has some athletic versatility. He has some shot blocking, uh and, you know, and and but he's not like a an anchor big. Right. And so um, I agree with you. I think that it's a team that can be exploited by a player like Embiid, by a player like Giannis, who, who's just going to force of nature attack. And I do think that you know they're essentially relying on guard play for offense. Yeah. But I don't like their guards over certain other guards. No, I, I don't. But that's what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down yeah. to their to to, to their um, guard play. For sure, and, and it's a team too that like they don't have a lot of playoff chops. No, they're you a young know. team. Yeah, but I mean the Sixers, we have been known to implode uh, <laughs> in those type of situations. I was trying to look up um, Evan Mobley his rookie year just to see the, the difference. So his rookie season, he averaged uh, fifteen and eight. Okay, this year he's averaging sixteen and eight. Yeah. And it's supposed to be an expanded role, but I, I think you bring in Mitchell, and Mitchell you know takes a lot of shots. He yeah. you know, he he does a lot offensively. It's it's basically to me, again, I don't know how much you push on attempts, Mobley. His field goal attempts went down. Yeah, yeah. I don't you know, I don't necessarily put it on Mobley so much because no, no, no. Uh, the type of player he is he's not like a, a ball centric guy. Right, right, right. And right, so, right. He, but his touches have been affected, yeah. and you know that's going to put a box on him offensively. Yeah, it is. No, it definitely is. Alrighty here. Um let's see here before we sign off here. That's almost all I had for today here. Once again, you guys are on the bench, on the bench podcast with Bubba and Pink, home of sports, music, and mayhem. There was a NFL um story outside of Aaron Rodgers here. What was it? Um, hold on, I'm looking it up here. You know what was interesting too with the uh, Shady McCoy, uh Eric B enemy. Did you see that? Yeah. That exchange. Yeah. Um, that was interesting. I I've watched that show that Shady McCoy's on. Like it's I don't know, I forget the channel it's on. Fox Sports. He says some stuff that that's not wrong, but I think he has a, just a very dismissiveness about the way he delivers his content. Yeah, and I don't necessarily like it. That's 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 the thing. I think because uh, Shady, you know, he he came over to Kansas City. He played that one year, the Super Bowl year. And we made him inactive for the Super Bowl game, right? Yeah. And uh, because he had some fumbling issues early on in the playoffs. And, of course, you know, him being a running back, I'm certain Eric Bien-Aimé, um it probably was his decision. For sure. <laughs> to sit him down. No, so he's, he's upset about that. But my thing, I and like you said, I think he said some, I think it was half truth, half vengeance. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, what I what I was saying about him was broader to just all of his takes. Oh, all of his takes. Yeah, okay, I okay, think okay. he's just kind of a dismissive guy. Oh, okay. I don't think it's like a lot of deep stuff. But, but I mean, sometimes he nails it on the head. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. It's specific to the B enemy stuff. I, I think is a hundred percent right that he goes there at the tail end of the career, you know, probably expected bigger. B enemy's the guy that probably made the, the call to hey, we're you know, you're we're not getting you a lot of carries, we're gonna deactivate you for the Super Bowl. Well, you know, and, and there's not gonna be a pleasant relationship there. Yeah. I mean it's in any situation, it's extremely difficult to deal with a player in his you know, demise. Because they're processing something that's very difficult to them. I can't do what I used to do. You know, I used to show up on Sundays and tear it up for 125 yards. <laughs> now, you know, I'm plodding around, getting three carries a game, and I fumbled. And, you know, again, you know, you fumble one out of 45 carries, you know, that's way different than fumbling, you know, two out of 300 carries <laughs> or touches over the course of a season when you're in your heyday. And, and it's, you know, guys are in a mentally fragile place when they're going through that process. And so, you know, he could handle it immaturely or whatever or kind of try and put it off on other people yeah you know but uh My, yeah I, I guess ultimately i just think you just don't say it i i i mean i guess i know you're trying to make your way into this um this new role and being on tv and stuff but i yeah. think that you just kind of gotta kind of just gotta let it go man um uh but the other thing i wanted to break up really quick was the um lamar lamar jackson thing that we touched on well, several well, times let's circle back but to be enemy okay, real quick just because like um I from the interview stuff that I saw with him, I I liked him with the enemy. Yeah, like his introductory yeah, comments yeah, and yeah, everything. Yeah. And I like again, even when he addressed, oh, I'm, I'm not as close to the Chiefs as as you are. I don't know. Like I didn't know. I haven't seen much interviews of him. Yeah, and so that was kind of about as much as I've heard directly from him. Yeah, and you know. I liked what I saw. Seemed like a guy that would do well in interviews. Yeah, I, I, you know, yeah, and we talked about that last yeah. week. But like, I was like, we like have no idea. Okay, yeah. I, I didn't. That see was the first time on. I've heard him talk like in a, that extended amount of time, okay. addressing different, like, yeah, comments about the team and about other uh, comments made about him. That's the first time I ever heard him talk extensively about that. Yeah. Usually, it's just something really quick on a mic or something. Yeah, no, um, I, I was pleasantly surprised. No, for sure, and, and all was. that, and so it's like, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know that the interview things is the problem. <laughs> you know? Right, right, because you could tell if if an idiot gets on the mic, you can kind of tell right yeah, away. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. an idiot or just somebody like I. I mean, I almost put Shady McCoy in a car. Like he, he's. You could tell he's got just like an edge, not even the band. I mean, because I've watched that show he's on, you know, and, and heard some of his takes. It's just like, yeah, he's just not like, you know, he's a little petty. He's yeah. a little dismissive and stuff like that, you know. I, I, I'm i not a huge fan of him as a commentator or whatever. Yeah. But uh, but so I was I was glad he kind of got some some heat for what he said. No, for sure, for but sure. But you are saying on Lamar, though. No, yeah, it's just the uh, – the, um, the the, the the GM saying that they want Lamar here and things of that nature and uh they they, they remain optimistic that they're, that they're gonna get the deal done. Another one of those things where it's like, well, you know, if if you want Lamar here and if you think it's gonna get done, are you gonna you Why know, isn't it done? Yeah, why <laughs> isn't it done? Are you gonna are you gonna pay him what he's standing firm on or not? I mean it's kinda what it's gonna come down to. Yeah. I I mean I'm not a good negotiator. Yeah. I'm just not. But, like, if you are a negotiator, that sort of stuff's actually a part of the game, and it's important. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you, you kind of send these messages and, and try to position things that, that you know, you a guy's got to, you know, you, you try to 
both are trying to back each other into a corner in some way. You know, it's like, hey, do you want to lose your face of your franchise, a well-beloved guy? Or, you know, like we said, hey, we, we you know, weren't absolutely terrible without you and we could spend money in other parts of the <laughs> roster. And just because Cleveland made a crazy decision, we're not going to make one. There's all that stuff, you know. And so, yeah, because uh, I was doing I was doing some some reading. And of course, uh, there's there's a couple of different types of uh, franchise tags. And yeah, so there's a one called the exclusive franchise tag to where Lamar could actually and and this is this is what's dangerous. That's I I was told that that was like one of the more favorable uh, franchise tags. But I don't think Baltimore wants to employ that because Lamar would be able to talk to the other teams. Right. And um, and and get offers and while playing next season under that tag. Right. Well, well, like if they was to do that at the time, at the time you have to do it is in the off season, right? Okay. You have to do that tag in the off season, or you know. And so he'll be able to talk to all the other teams, and they will be able to offer him, offer him a, a deal or whatever. Okay. And so uh, it's almost like basketball, like NBA, like where they'll be able to match that. Okay. Or let him go, and um, but in this quarterback starved, you know, in this quarterback starved, you know, whatever league. Somebody probably would offer him the Deshaun Deshaun Watson type. If team. somebody offered Deshaun that, they somebody damn will. sure would offer him <laughs> Lamar. That. Like that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, so Lamar, that's a little dangerous. I mean, you know, the reality. I mean, Lamar's cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, like if you sign Lamar, there's an instant buzz about your team. Like people oh, yeah. like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and he's uh, he's a, a great performer as well. But you're gonna have a guy that that's gonna you know you're gonna win on the marketing end. You know, you're gonna sell a bunch of whatever Miami Dolphin eight shirts if that's <laughs> the way things go. Yeah. You know, so signing him and I and I do like again, which makes the damn Cleveland deal all that much more. Yeah, I mean. Deshaun Watson was like essentially a tainted personality when he's signing with Cleveland. He's been through a year and a half of scandal and nonsense, and it's the cloud's still not completely over. And again, he hadn't played in so long. It's like, well, how good is he? You know, well, Lamar again injured this year, but you know, showed enough early that he's Lamar, and we know what yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah, the MVP and so it's start like, to the season. you know. I, yeah, I mean, whoever signs him, there's definitely going to be somebody out there to, to you know roll up the Brinks truck and and offer something crazy. It's yeah, the the Browns. If Deshaun doesn't come out and play like much better next year, the Browns are screwed, man. Oh, for sure. It's, it's nothing. It's nothing they could do. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but uh, they're just screwed, and that's what you know. Bad franchises, they have that kind of love. They have a way of screwing themselves. <laughs> They're better than the Rose. <laughs> better than the Rose. Jesus, That's I've been funny. working on uh on Yak Attack pretty heavy lately, man. Oh yeah, yeah. I've been working on a heavy. One of the issues was um the the main guy that I w- I wanted to use to play Kodak or whatever. Yeah, he was a younger guy. His family won't let him won't let him do it. Really? Um, he reached back out to me. Yeah, they won't let him do that type of content. And I had actually went into the script and took like the curse words out. The uh, if there were any sexually uh, um, related, you know, verbiage verbiage in there, I took that out, and they still wouldn't let him do it. Um, so, 
But even then, can't I, sacrifice the art, Bubba. <laughs> I was still like, um, you know, on the search for a uh, for a voice, even even with him, because you know, um, I, you know, you just want to have a backup just in case shit happens. Because yeah, I, I hope this is going to be as big as I'm thinking. So, and um, yeah, so I had to, I had I had to go on the prowl, man. But I've been on the look for a long time, and so I think I found a guy, Jolly Show. Um, a, a younger guy, younger comedian. So I'm going to give him a, a shot. And I have uh, a couple other guys, but um, but it's coming together good, man. Good. The script is coming together good. I like it. So yeah, we'll definitely definitely see about that. But that, that'll do it for today's show. We are out. We'll be back next week. Be back next week. Sports music and mayhem. Later. All right. <clears throat>